Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi, and Faiz. It is October 29, 2022. With the way the Knicks have been playing to start out the season, excluding the Bucks game, some might say it's it's spooky season for the East. Eh? Ah, I'm kidding. We're going to go over the last couple of games, but take a quick moment to hop over to our website, nick-ish.com, and cop yourself some Nickish apparel, including our newest piece, a Nickish crew neck, perfectly made to keep you warm during this fall weather. Uh, now bringing in my partner, Nafi. What's going on, man? <laughs> I'm doing good, bro. <laughs> I see what you did there, and I like it. It's topical. It's a right? Halloween it's spooky Halloween movie. weekend. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, Giannis is out there terrorizing us like Michael Myers it, you know, did babysitters back in the day. So topical. Yeah. He, he's getting us into the, the spirit. Yeah. On bread. On bread. They built the same, man. If you told me Michael Myers and Giannis are the same person. Giannis would slap the shit out of Michael Myers. I'm convinced. But anyway, Faiz, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, you know. Uh, I'm with I'm with Mo, you know. Get yourself a nice nice crew neck for spooky season. Not, not, <laughs> we're not calling it fall anymore. Spooky season. <laughs> Usually with the Knicks after the camera or not the camera, the calendar goes to November. That's when shit start getting spooky. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed, things are different this year. You know what I mean? I mean, it is a little different so far. This is the, one of the best starts to the Knicks season that we've had in, in a while. So that's a fact. I mean, excluding last night, but. I feel like all of us here, if we want to get right into it, you know, after these pleasantries, are Let's not as, like, you know, down on last night's loss as uh, what we've seen so far, been exposed so far. But, you know, I'll throw it back to y'all. Like, what, what what's the initial reaction to just, you know, going toe-to-toe with, you know, a former champion and fucking the, the big man from Valhalla, Giannis? You know what I mean? I think your sentence right there says it. Like, back-to-back MVP, defensive player, 4-0, Milwaukee Bucks. Like, what, what do the Knicks fans expect? Like, I know it's been an exciting start to the season. I know we have a point guard, but, uh, you know, let's not even bring Giannis into it. Let's talk about Drew Holiday being one of the, you know, all-NBA all defenders, like, all-defense all and, you know, gold gold medal champion. Like, this guy's a real a real threat. And, yeah, he, he kind of did shut down Jalen Brunson to a certain extent. And, I'm not really surprised. Am I disappointed? Yeah, of course I'm still disappointed. Like, you know, a lot of us were doing, like, what the next five games are going to look, or I think six games, and we were saying, like, four and two, whatever we were saying. But Milwaukee was one of the games almost, like, all of us said that we were going to lose. So I don't get the big surprise and shock. Disappointment, I'm there. You know, obviously you want to see your team win, but the shock, like, people are talking about Mitchell Robinson couldn't hold his own against Giannis. Nobody can hold their own against Giannis. Come on, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, first of all, I admire Mitch's confidence, and I love Mitch. We all love Mitch. You know what I mean? Just, you want that from a young building block to be enthusiastic about what he can become, and it seems like... Take on the challenge and whatnot. Exactly, right? And it seems like he's really, like, maturing in that regard where, you know, he's kind of had that, you know, these whispers around him of being, like, immature or kind of a goofball, but if he's really all about trying to stake his claim to a good-ass defensive reputation amongst the league, and he was out there, you know, bigging himself up and being confident about this matchup going in. I'm not going to be mad at him for that. And, you know, that it, shit happens, right? Like, this is what happens when you go toe-to-toe with the best of the best, right? Like, and that's how you know Giannis is a cut above everybody else in the league because they was without Middleton, and still the Bucks just looked like they were on a different plane, right? And 
I, we fought, yo. That's my initial take on it. Just we fought. It wasn't like we got completely destroyed. Yeah, the game got a, a, away from us a little bit around third quarter, I'd say, when it was like a 20-point lead. But we scrapped and clawed to get back, and that's all you could ask. Fight, you know what I mean, as opposed to being embarrassed. So, well, what were you thinking? Like, yeah, what was your I mean, I'm not too, I wasn't too frustrated because, you, you know, coming into the game, you know, against a team that won the title two seasons ago, you can't get too upset about losing it. But when you look at the numbers, it could be a little frustrating just because we should have – it was a winnable game. Just look at the free throws. We missed 10 of them. We lost the game by nine points. Really, if you look per quarter, we were neck and neck with, with the Bucks. I think we were only a couple of points behind per quarter. Fourth quarter, we had the same amount of points. And obviously, they had that run in the third quarter, but we had a run too in the third quarter. You know, you, you look at the free throw percentage, you can't, you can't keep missing those free throws. That's points that you're leaving that could have gotten mm-hmm. us to win. Um, you know, we, we turned the ball, we turned the ball over 12 times. That's something that we were getting better at, you know, like just not turning the ball over. But when you go up against the, you know, the number one defensive team in the NBA, you kind of expect that. And, um, you know, onto Mitch, he plays very well defensively. He's our defensive anchor, but you know, they figured out how to neutralize him and that's just getting him with the petty fouls. And when you're going up against a former MVP, he's going to get those calls. So you can't keep relying on Mitchell Robinson to be the one guy. You can't do one-on-one against Giannis Antetokounmpo. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, they figured out how to neutralize him. They, they figured out how to neutralize Isaiah Hartenstein. He got he picked up fouls too. So, what was it, three fouls in the first two quarters? He had like 10 minutes left in the second quarter and Mitch picked up his, his third foul. Like, yeah, yeah. it was, it was yeah. easy for them to not have to keep him on the court there it's a smart team they're a class you know a high class top tier team in the nba and they know what they're doing so they i'm sure they came in with the game plan one get mitch off the court and two lock down jalen brunson because jalen had those turnovers that we weren't seeing the first what four games but we saw a couple of those when you go up against drew holiday i mean he is one of the best defensive perimeter players in the nba for a reason and he, he was he was locking up jalen to, to a point and you know they had some of their other guys on Jalen so overall I think it was I'm not upset by the game but I think those free throws really fucking bummed me out there facts gotta you know gotta tighten that up clean that up but I also say like not to be too much of a homer and like defend you know we're like oh trying to make it seem like oh it's okay that we lose and stuff like there are a lot of disappointing things in this game like seeing Javon Carter outplay the Knicks was real frustrating like Low-key almost outplayed RJ. Like, this guy's beyond a role player, and he's, like, scoring 14 points, like, making, like, defensive, like, key defensive moments on the Knicks. Like, it's it's really frustrating. George Hill going for 12 points. Like, stuff like that's what you want to cut down on. Like, when you see Giannis going for 30, and that stat line was incredible. Like, Gian, uh, like uh, Giannis, like, not, not be said before. Hey, 30, 14. Me, I'm cool with that. <laughs> hey, hey. 13, 14, hey, and 9, you know, like near triple double like you, you can live with things like that but you know you see these other guys like drew holiday didn't have a, a particularly good shooting night uh like brooke lopez goes for zero from six for three like you gotta take advantage on things like that and you can't take advantage of guys like javon carter guys who should be easy to neutralize are, are going off and i don't know man Th- there are some a lot of frustrating things and i think uh we did see a lot of last year's knicks in terms of like Randall playing kind of like turning back into the pumpkin at the end of when the clock stri- struck midnight, and then a little bit of you know the Tibbs lineups was was a, was a little frustrating. I'm not gonna lie, I wanted to see a little bit of more Obi because he was playing real well. So I thought we could have capitalized on that. I've heard someone mention that they would have liked to see uh, Obi at small forward, Randall at power forward, and might have not been a horrible thing just to get some more length out there because you're playing against. Brooke Lopez, Giannis, like these, like a really big lineup. Drew Holiday's big for a point guard. So maybe like get some more length out there. But yeah, a, a few things were like Tibbs. 
I want to see the the new the new Tim's. Like, come on, let's like this year's been good vibes so far. Let let's continue experimenting and whatnot. Yeah, that, but it's just yeah. kind of like what we always touch on. It's just like we gotta operate within the, the reality the of what. Tip, yeah, exactly. So like the constraints that Tibbs put on himself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So ideally, you would have like Randall and Obi out there trying to like you know at least go toe to toe with that Milwaukee offense. You know what I mean? And like just try to like keep up with them in that regard, but. Push the pace, you know. Against the principles, exactly, right? So, I mean, you hit it on the head. It's just like with Giannis, I keep going back to him because, like, I feel like like LeBron had this stupid-ass post on, on IG. You know what I mean? People have heard of LeBron. I hope our listeners have heard about this, man. But <laughs> he plays for the Lakers. They're 0-4 right now. This motherfucker posted on IG. I think 0-5, actually. Get, yeah, oh, oh, five. There you go. Yeah, they're like, sorry, how, I, I, any, any opportunity to burn the Lakers, <laughs> the worst team in the NBA. Hold on, hold on. But I, LeBron was just like, how long are they gonna take me for granted? I was like, bro, you are zero and five. You are just literally out here chasing Kareem, the ghost of Kareem. Even you know, obviously Kareem's alive, but you know what I mean. The the record, right? And I'm just like, I'm thinking about how long are we gonna take him for granted. Now, how long are we gonna take Giannis for granted, bro? Like, cause. It's, it's an old cliche, but you heard about it. Like, it's like a rising tide lifts all boats. You know what I mean? Like, even without Middleton, Giannis is so fucking good. He brings his whole roster up. Like, you mentioned Javon Carter. Like, motherfucking Ted Cruz's, like, uh, illegitimate spawn. Grayson Allen, six for ten. Fucking four of six from three. He does anything, <laughs> I get infuriated. How we let that happen? You know what I mean? Like, that's a Ted Cruz come drop in the flesh. Like, we're we not, we not going to let this, uh, like, slide. But that's part of, like, you know, when you, like, a Shaq would say on TNT... You got to have the star, multiple stars, ideally. But if you got that monster, everybody else is the others, right? And Giannis is bringing the others with him to the forefront and helping them, you know, just outclass teams that they're clearly better than. You know what I mean? Like, we went in with optimistic expectation for the Bucks. It's business as usual. Like, okay, this is a team that wasn't in the playoffs last year. We're better than them, even if we don't have a second-best player. So I can't be mad about taking that loss because I think it eventually, like you mentioned, Brunson kind of, like, faltering against Drew. We knew things like that would happen this season. Yeah, it was good vibes so far, but this is his first time being the centerpiece of an offense and kind of there's going to be growing pains in that regard, you know? So I'm not too down on that, you know? Yeah. As long as we bounce back against Cleveland and, you know, the obvious storylines are there with that matchup, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're a team... short and sweet of it. We're a team that just doesn't have that kind of superstar generational player in Giannis, but that means that our team, our, especially our head coach, should be setting up the team to, to play their absolute best or put them in a position to play their best. And he's not doing that right now when Evan Fournier is starting the games now. He played 20 minutes and still minus 22. That's the lowest plus minus on the whole roster. Minus 22 in 20 minutes. So at this point, I mean, IQ has been outperforming him. We don't have to wait for Quentin Grimes to come back at this point. I mean, start, start IQ. We're so early in the season where it's okay to make that kind of shift. Ike plays better defensively. He's still going to shoot lights out. And then let Evan Fournier come in and not – like he specializes in taking those tough three-pointers. He doesn't have to do that while he's running and gunning with, with a bench unit. You know what I mean? So he's he's playing against their second his second unit. He'll, he'll, he'll play awesome. But IQ plays better defensively. So let him start. Let Quinn Grimes come back. Let them duke it out for that second, you know, for the, for the number two starter role. But we got we to gotta make that change ASAP, man, because Fournier is not I'm- it right now. I'm 100% with you, Mo, and I'm all for the rhetoric of Star IQ. He's been playing phenomenal. Like like you said, like it's not even just offensively, defensively. I love the uptick in minutes, you know, 28. I'd like to see like a little bit more, maybe 30, 32, especially in a game like this. Give the bench more burn because they're clearly one of the best bench units. We just keep saying the same thing, but I'm going to have to side with Nafi with the 
let's 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 work in the realm of reality. IQ is not going to start on this yeah, team. Like nah. we just we just know he's not. Like and I, it hurts me to say it because I would love to see it. But every time we like go over this, like let's start IQ, let's start IQ. Like a little bit of my heart just breaks because right? it's not going to happen. To the void. It's yeah, just like... it's, just, it's like one of the things I will never see happen. Like as long as I live, because they they're so hell bent on limiting and boxing IQ to this six man type of role. And respect to IQ for thriving in it and doing well and finding ways to even progress as a player in that role but it, it just hurts to see man like you, you're 100% right though like he clearly should be starting and you know that's why we as fans we've been clamoring for Grimes to start and hopefully when he comes back he can start or if anything at least take over those Cam Reddish minutes because I know all those Cam Reddish fans and stands were going crazy but back to pumpkin like you know it's all what it's it's what cam reddish is he's always you know i'm sorry man cam reddish is that guy who's always gonna show these streaks of like i can be paul george but then he turns back into fucking javon carter bro like I, he, he the shots that cam reddish takes bro frustrates the hell out of me and i, I need to see grimes back bro i don't i don't want to see this anymore on the court like Hey man, Javon Carter wishes he had Cam's head of hair. I thought Vince Carter came back when I said Javon. Yo, I like, <laughs> he's just like, damn, old age still, did Vince like that bad? He's, he's still in the league. Like. <laughs> but now, yo, yeah, I'm a, you know what I mean, a, a echo chamber right now. But yeah, I'm a big up IQ too because y'all hit it on the head. He's especially like, you know, folks are really willing to, you know, there are always these segment of fans that are willing to just like be down on our players. And there's, a, there's that sentiment around IQ that you could tell was bubbling that, like, you know, people were obviously, I feel like, traumatized by the slow shooting start last season. So, you know, the first game or two when it looked like his shot wasn't there again, PTSD, right? But, nah, man, overall, the last couple games, I mean, since we last recorded, we're 2-1 and one, despite the loss last night. IQ's been a positive in each game. Like, and it's like that overall game. Like, I'm about to start calling him Mr. Positivity because you go in every box score after every game. It's always, he's always, like the top of the ladder near top two top three for plus minus for each game and yeah small sample size yada yada but it tells the story of what he is it's not only just like when his shot is going crazy he's a he's an inferno but it's not like he's not doing anything else he's out here passing playing good defense and he rebounds mad good for like a six two six three guard you know what i mean i might even be more generous than that he's like six one right so like i don't know i mean i just feel like iq's doing exactly as he can and he's thriving in that role right but and just, just look no, at yeah. just sorry real quick. If, just looking at last but, night's yeah. game, his first two minutes, he scored back to back step back three pointers that got us the one lead that we had. And mm. um, I don't know about the Mr. Positivity. I just quickly looked at the last two games. He was minus five and zero. So <laughs> we do propaganda <laughs> so here. Get out of here. I, I think in our eyes, yeah, he's Mr. Positivity. I'm, I'm with that. I feel that. But but but, but to, to <laughs> echo Nafi's point, I'm just gonna say. IQ playing well and having Jalen Brunson helps the rest of the team because now you get to see Derrick Rose come in, play 15 minutes, and and just be productive through the whole thing. We don't have to, like, depend on him so much. So IQ playing well and hopefully Jalen Brunson continuing to play well despite his last game, it's just going to bolster our guards. And, you know, just seeing the Knicks have three legit point guards belong in every single position, like playing where they belong. It's been fantastic, man. Jalen Brunson, clearly the starter. IQ right behind him. And then Derrick Rose. I know a lot of Derrick Rose fans. and that, That's the frustrating part of being a Knicks fan. Like, we hey, have these hey, little don't, segments. Don't get them enraged now. That's what They'll I'm saying. Find you. We got these little <laughs> segments. We got, like, 
D Rose stands who don't care about the Knicks, Cam Reddish stands who don't care about the Knicks. <laughs> and like every time we're like Jalen Brunson's the real point guard, the Knicks are like, hey, we've had Derrick Rose for so long, but we want to see Derrick Rose retire a Nick. We want to see him continue playing for the Knicks. So he's finally in a position where he doesn't have to strain himself and he can be a spark. Come give us 15 minutes, but still score 12. Well, well how many? Well, he was like two for three from three. Like he's giving us a resurgence. And I feel like Derrick Rose is playing exactly how he needs to play. So. I like this from the Knicks guards. A little bit more from Jalen Brunson would have been nice, but I can't even fault him. Tip your hat to Drew Holiday. Tip your hat to Giannis and the Bucks, and like take it on the chin. You know, I like, like if you round it back to positive three with the Derrick Rose point because, like, now you don't have to worry about the the Derrick Rose stand sending you like anthrax in the mail. You know what I mean, I was worried for you for a second. <laughs> I, I love Derrick Rose, man. Who does? Like, how do you not love Derrick Rose? Like, that's you guys literally, saw my picture of Derrick Rose. Profile. I was cheesing. Yeah. I was cheesing. I love this guy. Know, I also want to see him. I also want to see him. Retire on the Knicks, not right. with an injury, you know? Like, send him off to the sunset with good knees so he can continue right. his life, play with his son and stuff, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and now, as I was saying earlier, I didn't want to do this, but, you know, we had some positive talk. We got to go back. Our son, yo. You know what I mean? RJ, uh, three-point uh, shot, betrayed him like Seth Rollins did the shield. I don't know what the hell to say otherwise. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you look at his efficiency, 7 to 17, 1 for 7 from 3. Like, and we know he put the work in. We know he's been, like, you know, doing what he can to work on his form, working with Drew Hanlon. But, you know, I don't know if y'all caught it. Last night, I think Tibbs, interesting enough, said in the postgame press conference, and he's kind of calling out RJ again like he did similarly last year. But he was like, RJ's not shooting like that after the games right now, or as he was. So if that's the case, I'm a little disappointed just being, you know, an RJ stand. But it's it's tough, bro, seeing him shoot like this because, like, Especially for somebody like RJ, and we kind of always keep bringing it up, being a dead horse. He's not that explosive. Yeah, he's got the ath- he got athleticism, but he doesn't have like that pop. He doesn't have that fluidity. So for a player like that, being crafty and just having that jumper, like hitting and being consistent, opens up everything else. And if his jumper's not hitting, the rest of his game offensively falters. And that's not taking we get into the defense that's been lacking. You know what I mean? Like we were bigging that up last year, calling him like a burgeoning two-way wing. Hasn't been there for consistent moments yet this season and that's really what's kind of disheartened about everything you know but i'm gonna throw it to Faiz first just because you you on the same uh, island of uh stanhood with me with rj so like what's how you it's, feeling bro what's I, 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 no, I mean I'm, Mo, I'm, you there too but it's just like, you know, you're here. leasing it you're leasing uh you're leasing nah, a hut I, mean, over. I, was gonna, I was gonna i was gonna i was gonna gas up my two rj jerseys but i see mo got the the signed I, rj yeah literally right behind you know, signed bro. rj behind that's him. a lease so, too so <laughs> this 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 all together is an rj stand podcast but you know i i it's frustrating, man. The one for seven because it's more frustrating to see RJ because he's doing the things we want in terms of aggressiveness, but it's just not being key and honed in into the right places. So I just want to see him. I just want to see him polish his game a little bit more. That's what we thought. Like we all all did it. I don't personally. I expected RJ's numbers to stay a little bit stagnant, but I thought he would be able to polish and clean up that efficiency that we've been so worried about. I have no problem with RJ getting his twenty points. It's just the way he's getting his twenty points. He's like still averaging good numbers. The free throws have gotten better, but like it, it the. The 7 for 17 got to stop. I don't want to see that. Like, take better shots, be more efficient. And it's it's frustrating because 
I know, so the, the class of players RJ falls in between is like Mikhail Bridges, Desmond Bain, Tyler Hero, those shooting guards. And we all love RJ because we see him as a key above those players. He can do more than just be a 3 and D player like Mikhail Bridges. But the thing is, guys like Mikhail and Desmond are making him look really bad because they're doing the same things he has, but in such an efficient way, getting the three-point shot off in an efficient manner and, you know, playing defense on the other side and it's been frustrating to see RJ but I will say we've been giving him very tough defensive assignments and I'm hoping that be, it's also because of Fournier's defense defense lacking Randall's defense lacking Brunson's defense lacking Brunson's you know been on point defensively though better better shout, but, shout out to the point guy th that's why I named that's why I named him last after Fournier and Randall but still want to see a little bit more so RJ's playing a lot of catch up there so I'm hoping that once uh, uh, Grimes comes back and takes that role of like defending possibly the best best wing player on the other side we can see a little bit more from RJ because. I know RJ did have a decent season last year, but that season with Reggie Bullock, when he didn't have the task of guarding the best wing player, RJ really thrived. And he's not, like, we, we've seen it. You know, this is for, year, year four of RJ. We can be a little bit more candid with him. He's not a good defender on top, uh, in terms of on ball and in terms of point of attack. He's much better as a help defender, much better, like, you know, keeping people at bay, in my opinion. So I, I, I think if we can wrap down his defensive assignment we could see him really be successful maybe on both sides of the ball that's what i want to see i think it's like mo you can chime in here but just like on that defense though i think it's like he's, it's like helter skelter with him you know what i mean like like there are moments where like he just looks lost off the ball and like right, right. watching him kind of like chase dudes around screens it's a, it oh. brings back flashbacks of like shump shump would be built and be on point as a like a, as an on-ball defender built like a fucking greek god pause but then he would die on screens because he didn't know how to navigate, right? And like, exactly I'm, we're not coaches non-experts. We don't know the nuances of that. But what we're seeing with my own two eyes, or I'm seeing with my own two eyes, like RJ is like really struggling with like chasing dudes around screens. And what I as will soon say as is, a good screen comes through, he's neutralized. Exactly. But what I will say is like just to kind of, you know, we got we did go two and one. We haven't had a chance to cover the Charlotte Orlando game, but a, a moment in the Charlotte game, especially at the end, like down the stretch when we did win, close that game out. RJ had some good one-on-one -on -one possessions on Hayward, who was, like, cooking for a mm -hmm. little bit. You know what I mean? So, like, that's all about mentality. You know what I mean? Seeing your man, as Clyde would like to say, seeing your ball and just, like, honing in on locking up whoever's in front of you as a man-to-man -man defense, that's a test that RJ, I feel like, could still take. But it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, to what you were saying. Like, we don't want him to be, like, Mikhail Bridges or, like, just a 3 and D guy. But it might be good as far as his growth to maybe take that step back, go back to basics. Focus on tightening up the D. Focus on, like, yo, make sure that jumper is pretty. Go back to shooting after games. And then everything else will come. You know what I mean? Right. That could be it. But, you know, like we said, we're not coaches. But that's just the one note I had on his defense. And, you know, yeah, both no. we want to chime in on our son. Speaking on the, the chasing guys, I mean, he's logging in top 10, I think, miles run in the NBA. He's chasing wow. guys nonstop. So that definitely is going to take a toll. And he's not in midseason for me. And obviously – we know from seasons past, once he's in midseason form, that's him at his best, and he only gets better from there. So, I mean, it also helps if the rest of the team was good at defense. I mean, he's relying on Randall. He's relying on Fournier. Like, it's it's hard when he's coming off of, of screens, and then, he, you know, the other guy who he has to rely on to take over is Fournier. He can't, he can't rely on Fournier. He has to make up you know? for him, too. Exactly. So, if Grimes was there, Grimes doesn't necessarily have to take the best guy. I'd still like to see RJ take on that kind of challenge that he's been doing. And keep it going but if he has grimes he'll feel more comfortable that grimes can step in when needed um and i, I think it's also a testament to you know the, his offense is a testament to kind of 
the starting lineup not being gelled yet just because Randall's playing well, Brunson's playing well, you know, Brunson's being the more one and then Randall's being, I think one of you guys, I don't know if you guys mentioned it before, but 2A, 2B kind of thing is what we're doing with Randall and RJ. And when you have that kind of system, you know, RJ is not sure when he should shoot, but he's shooting when, he, when he's forced to because I'm sure, you know, coach is telling him that he has to shoot a certain number of shots per game or per quarter and he's kind of forcing up shots and they're all, they're all bricking, especially from the three-point line. But when you have Randall cooking, you're not really sure how to get RJ to gel. So I think that's why... He's also making him run with the second unit because when he's with the second unit, he, he thrives. He, thrives. Yeah. he gets to drive in. He gets to get the open guy. So I think, you know, it's it's really just a starting line of trying to figure out their role because Randall has been playing much better than last season, and Brunson has been the guy. He's been number one on his team. So RJ's kind of figuring out his place because he was the guy second half of last season. He was behind Randall for a while, and at this point, you know, the Randall-RJ experiment's kind of not been the best. You know, so I, you know, I've always been, I'm, I'm up on Randall right now. I don't know if we're trying to spend time with Randall, but I'm up on him. He's playing well, minus last game. Um, but you know, I, I think once the stock goes up, you got to make the trade and get the highest value back possible. And that's Randall right now. I just love how it always comes back and circles back to Randall because it's it, if anything, the RJ experience has been coincided with the Randall experience because we talked yeah, about it before the pod. The they came at the same time, and it just feels like. They're a very similar type of player, not in terms of like play style, but like in terms of like the amount of shots that they're getting, like the the, the hierarchy on the totem pole. So I feel like Mo is definitely right. He hit it on the nail where it's like RJ is still confused with his role because Randall plays a similar role to that. And I, I'm not going to really say that Randall's been playing bet, like real good this season. It's just been like more easy on the eyes because last year it was a lot of four shots. Now the shots that he's taking... They're, they don't feel as bad. They feel like within the rhythm of the game and they feel comfortable. But he's still going 3 for 10. Like, he's still going like 5 for 15. Like, the, the stats aren't really great. He's getting the free throws. He's going 8 for 9 from three throws. And like we've talked about before, he's great at drawing those fouls. You know, he's been much more physical. So, it's much more appealing to the eye. And Randall's trade value at the end of last season and the, the, the right now, it's definitely way different. Where now I feel like it's relatively net positive. And I'd like to see a trend that way. And I, I'm a with Mo. Like... I've been burned twice by Randall. This time, when the value goes up, just let him go. Let him go to a team like the Lakers or something, and let RJ be number two to Jalen Brunson's number one. And I feel like this this lineup will really just balance itself out. Let's see more Obi Toppin minutes because he looked really good in the minutes that he's getting. And I feel like I'd be a lot more comfortable with Obi Toppin mistakes than the Randall mistakes that we're seeing now. But you yeah. know, yeah, in general, Randall has been much better to the eye. I, I like what you said there. Just like easier on the eyes, and I feel like the crucial reason because it has Jalen, right? Last year, Randall was the hope. We were hoping Mr. All-NBA would continue that rise and, like, you know, as, as I said about Giannis, be that rising tide that lifted all the boats, right? But this season, it's easier and it's less frustrating c to watch him, you know, falter and because of Jalen. And we got to give props to, you know, he's he been getting clowned for being the godson. He's godson. You know what I mean? Shout out Nas, but also shout out Breeze on Twitter, who I think was the first person I saw, like, coin that nickname for him. We're going to re reclaim the whole, like, nepotism agenda mm. because, bro, 27 points, but he had, like, 13 assists against Charlotte, closed the game out in OT, looked like the closer we needed. And, yeah, caveat, no LaMelo, no Terry Rozier, but, yo, you only play who's ever in front of you. And he did what he had to do to, like, ensure that W at home, you know what I mean? And 
I'm happy we got him. And yeah, the the Drew Holiday matchup maybe kind of left us with a little bit of a a bitter taste right now. But like I said, I felt like that was gonna come. But you saw the pinnacle of what Jalen could Jalen could be this season for us in that Charlotte game, right? And I, I loved it, bro. Like, what y'all think about it? Man, no no Rozier, no no Lamelo, but. Don't put disrespect on former uh, Nick DSJ and potentially uh, NFL All Star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's saying he want to go to the NFL <laughs> DSJ. Man, he was he was playing well. He was playing real well uh, on on the Hornets in the last few games. Playing real well. So respect to him. But you you got it on the nail, man. It was like I think the moment that I really felt. Like, obviously, the scoring has been nice. The playmaking, too. Like, I've been bigging up in that. But the moment that I really felt the Jalen Brunson experience was when we had him inbound the ball, you know, messed up on the inbound, but still somehow got the ball back in his hands. And all I could think was all of the Alec Burks inbounds last year. How many Alec Bur- Burks inbounds did we watch at the end of last year in these close games with two points, four points, slip up, lose the game where Jalen Brunson made all the difference and is the like one of the key factors in winning this game. But a game that the Knicks of last year no way would have found a way to win. Would have found would have found every way to lose. Would have looked gassed in overtime. And now we finally have this guard where every time I'm looking at the screen in the last three minutes, I'm like, put the damn ball in Jalen Brunson's hands. Feeling like Stephen A. Smith, like, put it in Jalen Brunson's head. You know, he's the one who should have it. It's so awesome to have a guy that you can confidently rely on and just be like, I want to see the offense run through him. <laughs> Even when RJ and Randall were both bumbling and stumbling through the game, Jalen Brunson found a way to way to win that game. So shout out to to God's son, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. And we're, we're going to see his best season yet. Just looking at the numbers, his points per game upticked. His assist, definitely. His highest assist before, obviously, he was playing with Luka, but it was 4.8, now 7.2. And, you know, his uh, three-point percentage is close to 40. It's about 38%. So, no, like, we have that guy on on the court right now that we can rely on with the ball in his hands. It was definitely not the case last season. We didn't know who's, whose hands we wanted the ball in pause last season when the when the game was on the line. And uh, right now with, with Brunson there, like like Faye said, man, we, we got one. We got one. So and real quick, shout out to the to the Mavs groupie Tim McMahon. He was hitting the Jalen Brunson last year. Twenty games without Luca. Twenty two point two points, uh, seven point two assists, at two turnovers per game. This isn't a fluke. Right now, without Luca again, he's averaging twenty points a game, eight point five assists, one point five turnovers on very similar sh- shooting splits. So even the Mavs groupies are out here saying like this hey, is man, not a fluke. Let, let, yeah, Tim's a Tim's a good fellow. I feel like you're underselling calling him a Mavs groupie because he's like one of the only people that will call Brian Windhorst on his shit on that podcast, and I love it every he, time. He's entertaining, <laughs> man. Dude, those guys love the Mavs, man. They're the Mar- Mavs he, dollars. He was shitting on Porzingis like, too while Porzingis was on the Mavs. We we love to see listen, it. I fuck with Tim. Shitting on Porzingis <laughs> is not is not that's too easy. Man. After those stats and the max contract, if you're not shitting on uh, Porzingis, you don't watch yeah. basketball. Yeah, like, so we'll take any allies in the media we can get, even by proxy. But but Indirect. for real, sh- shout out to Tim Tim because he he kept it honest. And man, Mavs right now are really missing Jalen Brunson. And we got their like, picks. Spencer hey, Spencer Din- Din- Dinwiddie is not cutting it out for them as that as that second not guy. Not a surprise. <laughs> Yo, and like back to Brunson, just because like I don't want to undersell that performance and like. I feel like aesthetically, just speaking strictly aesthetically, watching him play, I haven't enjoyed watching a Knicks player cook like that since Melo, bro. Like, his skill level is crazy. Like, 
just him in the post. Like we saw all these clips and highlights of YouTube, but it's like it's that the Leo DiCaprio meme. When you see him doing the shit you saw in the highlights in the game, like you just point, you know what I mean? Like, yo, he's out here just making fools look silly. Like he had that fast break take where he looked like he was about to fake a handoff mm, to Arjun and he just went straight to the rim. When's the last time we had a point guard that could do that? You know what I mean? When's the last time we had player aside from Melo that had that kind of footwork in that bag you know like i know i might be gassing it but if like this ahead, might be it a hyper might be a hyperbole but the, the footwork looks only second to luca in the nba right now man mm. like the shit that he could do in the paint the shit that he could do with the ball we've said it before it looks like he has the ball on a string he and his footwork is just immaculate he got people dancing he looked like he doing footloose out there like I'm Shout saying, out, bro. Jill he need to like man. take a page out of Hakeem Olajuwon's book to start up an LLC, start giving out footwork lessons. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come get post <laughs> post work and post like for tips su- from a for six such a point small guard. guy, man. He he really uses his hit the gravity and like you know his, his point. I don't know what the word is. Center exactly. of gravity, like center of gravity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He uses it to his advantage, and he's making these guys look six silly, foot man. one. Yo, it's like, six it's, foot one posting guys up in the paint and knocking them down. Unheard yeah, of. and it's like when he posts up, it's like trying to like probably stop like a fire hydrant from like posting up. You know what I mean? He's just that he's that strong ass base, and he got the skill and craft to go with it, bro. It's like it's it's delicious watching good point Chef's kiss, chef's, chef's kiss. kiss man. You know what I mean? Like I'm like uh, Tony Soprano here with the fucking Italian uh, gestures. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what else to say. You know what I mean? Like it's it's art. You know, like when you. Every time I see Jalen get in, into the paint, it's intan- it's, 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 it's ununderstandable fucking Italian noises. <laughs> like, oh, let's go. Let me get a gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did y'all. Uh, fuck. There, there was this one friend that like, was saying that, like, um, years ago when the Supreme Court was trying to ban porn, they're just like, I don't know how to describe it, but I know what it is when you see it, right? When you see Jalen's <laughs> art, his mastery, you know that's mastery. Nope. Even though you know how to properly describe Leave it, you know it's art. Nafi, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's what uh, it is, right? Uh, another another thing checked off on the Nickish pod, uh, comparing uh, Jalen Brunson's play to the Supreme Court banning pornography. Yo, it's uh, a... <laughs> I had that on my Nickish bingo card today. All praise is due to uh, the OG Corey McGetty. His his nickname back in the day was Bad Porn because like he'll get you the buckets, but it wasn't pretty when he do it. <laughs> so, oh just the reverse for Jalen. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> um, hi. Right, we want to talk about the Orlando game, the other win in our two-one stretch since we last recorded. Um, I'm happy we kept Cole Anthony from like you know going Tasmanian Devil on us. You know what I mean? I Jalen Brunson played terrified. a key part of that. Let's big up Jalen Brunson's defense on that one. Facts, facts. Um, I love yo Paulo's so good, monster, bro. So good. It's it's like the NBA draft heads like no shots at anybody, obviously, but I feel like they overthink it a lot because like Paulo. <sighs> they were saying he wasn't gonna go number one, and he's just like there was mad rumors he'd be three to Houston. I'm just like I'm no expert. Shout, shout expert out to here. them, yo, and the Magic, like you know, big up on them. They've been doing a phenomenal job of, of drafting, getting these guys. Like, Franz Wagner still looks great. Paolo looks good. And honestly, where they got Cole Anthony at, was it like 12 or 13 mm-hmm. or something? He looks pretty good for where they got him. Like, a lot of people were writing off Cole Anthony because of the nepotism, but he looks pretty decent. He didn't look that great against the Knicks this time, but in general, like, they, they got a they got an up-and-coming squad. Maybe it's, it's not as enticing as the Pistons squad that has the names, like Cade Cunningham, you know, but... They're making it work, and shout out to them. Yeah, they got that whole lineup that Fultz didn't play. He's out for some time, but he's a former number one pick. They got him off a of steal. 
very very high you know low risk high reward kind of trade that they did a couple of years back and they got Wendell Carter Jr. I think they got that off the Vucevic trade. I mean he's he's solid. Yep, he just yep. what if he can stay if, if he can stay on the court. They're set on they're, bigs. They're, good. they're set on bigs. Good. Overall a bowl bowl bro like nineteen points five rebounds. We didn't even he's, talk about Mobamba. Like they kept they ended up retaining Mobamba. I know he's not a big crazy name, but they, they with all those guys, Mobamba being your like fourth fifth guy to worry about. That's pretty solid. I don't know like, if he's going to get that re-sign because he's just, I don't know. I think he's he just yeah. never played even close to, to his name. Bull, 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 better than Mo Bamba right now. And that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Bull, bull looked like something else, dude. What is he, seven foot two? He looked like a dollar store victor against the Knicks. Hey, Wimba, your mama. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's tanking for him. Y'all see I mean, even like the Lakers, man. The, the Lakers are looking at Victor right now oh, thinking, hey. got their pick? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Zion Imagine and Victor. Orleans gets another God, hype prospect. Man. Anthony Davis, Zion, and now Victor. Why? Like, I'm, that's when we need to investigate Adam Silver. <laughs> but on a serious note, going back to the Orlando game, another shining Jalen performance. Like, definitely not as big numbers as the Charlotte game. But I'm also looking at, like, the efficiency wasn't there for RJ, but he led the team in plus-minus. You know, single-game plus-minus gets a bad rap, but it helps to kind of set a template for, you know, what you're watching and analyzing, right? And we're non-experts, and that's what it looked like to me. RJ, like, yeah, it looked like it was like a tale of two halves, a classic RJ story. Like, I was really upset going into halftime in the Orlando game. That's what I remember for sure. And in that third quarter, he kind of turned it around. I think the splits will say the same as well, that, like, his efficiency did pick up. I think he had two threes in that fourth quarter when – let me see, like, Orlando was getting close to cutting the lead, you know what I mean? So, RJ was part of kind of the run that quelled that comeback or that uh, possible potential comeback. So, yeah, I mean, it's just what we've been talking about since the start of this episode, right? Like, we want consistency from the, four year, from the fourth year $100 million man now, right? And hopefully it comes soon. But, yeah, what other Orlando just, takes you got? You it's got not got? really Orlando take. It's to continue with RJ. Like, I love RJ. I just really hope he doesn't turn into that meme that's like, I got my 20 points. Let's go. And the rest of the team is like, but we lost. Like, you ever see that Aaron Rodgers? Like, let's go. I got 300 I yards. Game Lillard, <laughs> I don't you know if it applies this season, though. <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm hoping that RJ doesn't turn into that where it's like, yeah, I got my 20 points. And it's like, what's the cost? Like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, he's young. We'll get there. But it's season four. It's the beginning. But I really want to see him pick up that efficiency, man, because it's, it's the main it's the main concern with him. He's getting the touches. He's getting a 20 points. That Orlando game was good because he had the, he had the like, you know, the rebounds. The free throws have gotten much better. So I see the little, little increments of, like, improvement in his game. But shooting, bro. Yeah. Efficiency, efficiency. Yeah, the, especially like the three-point shooting because he's yep. been abysmal from three. So once that uh, three goes from, like, three of seven to like five of seven or like zero for three goes to like two for three. It changes the whole, his whole st like, you know, stat yeah. line. And you so. see Brunson and even Randall trying to get him into the flow of the game. They set up certain plays for him to run off the screen and then get the, get the easy layup. And even those layups, he missed some of those. So, you know what I'm saying? Like R RJ needs to step up. I, I think I'm going to be unbiased here. He just he just needs to step up and just be more efficient overall inside the paint, outside the paint. I think it'll be a lot easier once Grimes comes back and if if Tibbs ever decides to make a change with Fournier. Um, but no, nah, man, R RJ got got to step up overall. Thanks. It's still early, you know, and I'm going to go full apologies again, not to recreate my rant from last week, but yeah, you know. He, technically, he is the $100 million man, but that don't kick in until next season. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He's still rookie contract RJ right now. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs>
got to be shameless. Loki, that's not a bad point. That's, 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 that's a solid point. That's a solid point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I guess Cavs coming up on the schedule. It's obviously a spicy matchup given the summer we had. I'm going to ask you all flat out, how badly is Jalen going to cook Donovan Mitchell? Barbecue chicken alert, like a Shaq would say? Yeah? No? That's just going to be burnt up, bro. Like, overdone. Mm. Overdone, like how my dad likes it. Just overdone. That's nasty. <laughs> I saw all brown dads like that. It just has to be well done or not at all. I can't eat no? that shit. You know what I mean? How you cut a well done steak? Damn near break the table. <laughs> you know I mean? Trying to cut that shit, but. Gotta sharpen, the knife, gotta sharpen the knife a hundred times right before I see it done at every barbecue. <laughs> every barbecue I've been to, man. I'm like, can I, can I get it like medium well? And they look at me crazy. Like, medium well even? Like, I don't even ask for medium well regularly. I'm asking to be kind to you. Like, <laughs> But I, I think I think Jalen Brunson will have a, a good game. Darius Garland really, like, he, he's been doing good. But I think Jalen Brunson will be able to, to put him on skates a little bit. Um... I think it's going to be a little bit of a duel. Like, I think Jalen Brunson and Donovan are going to have a real, like, you know, a little battle going on for this game. So, hopefully, I don't know. I'm not even, like, with Jalen, with a defense like this, I'm not too concerned. Eyes are all on RJ, man. I, I want to see I want to see the good RJ game. That, that's yeah, what I'm If he can on. have, like, a good offensive performance against that front line, because, like, Cleveland is kind of similar, similar to us in how their defense is designed. It's all about protecting the paint, and why would you not when you got, like, two goddamn pterodactyls and Jared Allen and, like, Evan Bumblebee, you know what I mean, uh, protecting the paint. So having good shooting that night will be key just because those four inches of the paint will be well contested. It will be tough. And we know how hit or miss, like, RJ is with getting calls, right? So, yeah, that's going to be the key. I think, like, if we want to take home a W against Cleveland, I think it's got to be, like, RJ coming out of his slump, you know, as far as shooting goes. Either that or Jalen just goes, you know, godson mode once again, you know what I mean? But is we'll Garland see. still in, or is he uh, is he still out, or is he, he back? I think he's out for now because I was seeing like people making a big deal about Donald Mitchell getting like big assist numbers mm. lately. I haven't even paid attention to Cleveland, honestly. I don't even know what their stats are. How many games have they won? I think they lost two or one. I can't remember. Couldn't be us. Nah, they <laughs> they they're, they're four. Fuck, <laughs> they're four and one right now. We're three and two. <laughs> four and one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They lost one. Damn it. I think they started the season with the loss. They won, and then they they won four won in a row. Yeah. Hi. Check us home, Mo. I think we covered yeah. everything. Covered yeah, thank you guys there. for listening to this edition of Nickish. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NickishNYC. Copy yourself some Nickish apparel at nick-ish.com and subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms. Give us that five-star review. Um, and, yeah, make sure you tune in next week for the next episode. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace.